And I want to talk to you about a place to live. Homeless is not a good place. Having no place to live, no place to call your own, no place of foundation, no place to, to plant your feet, no place to lay your head. But many don't have a place to live because they just try God. See, you might have given the advice, and I probably have too, just try God. But when you just try God, the enemy of your soul knows that you're just trying God. You're just giving God a test run. So when you give him just a test run, the enemy will make sure he throws enough stuff at you to defeat you. Because you're just trying God. You're just going to try and see if he works. You're going to just try and see if he honors his word. So I came by to tell you today, stop trying God. Stop just giving God a test run because you're wreaking havoc in your life. Because the enemy knows that, okay, she's going, he's going to try God, so they're just going to stand right here, and they're going to stay close to the line. If God don't work, they're coming back over here with me. But then I read in Psalm 15... These really strong words. Lord, so if I stop trying God, just, just giving God a test run, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain where your blood reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley? Where do we, how do we live in those places that we just sang about? Here he answers, the one whose walk is blameless. Well, that's a tough one. The one who does what is righteous. That's another ouch. The one who speaks the truth from their heart. Whose tongue utters no slander. So even though some things may be true, you can't utter them in slander. Who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others? Who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord? Who keeps an oath? You keep your word even when it hurts and does not change their mind. The list gets longer. The one who lends money to the poor without interest means you don't give with strings attached. Who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. <coughs> and you look at the list and you think, well, who can do those things? I'm just going to be living shaken the rest of my life. <coughs> Excuse me. So, my question is, how can we live like this? So I found in Ephesians 2 the formula. In Ephesians chapter 2, just hang there. I will go a couple other places, but just hang in Ephesians 2. Let's start in verse 18. Because we're trying to figure out how to live this formula. Ephesians 2 tells you. 
Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles, that's us, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. So when you become a member of his family, that list gets easier. When you realize you have your father's DNA. You have royal blood that now flows through your life. That list is not so daunting. Our lives must be built on the firm foundation. Continuing in Ephesians 2 verse 20. Together, everybody say together. together. We are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. You know, all those spiritual people. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. And you say, well, who are the apostles and prophets? Well, they are the ones who performed miracle, miraculous feats. And they made mistakes. They did mighty miracles and they made mistakes. Signs and wonders followed their ministries and they made mistakes. They trusted God and they made mistakes. They did exploits and they made mistakes. But they turned their world upside down. So then I went to a little nugget of scripture in Luke chapter 6. It gets a little even tighter on us. Starting in verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Wow. I'm going to give you a reason to shout in just a minute. Just hang on. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently. So there's a place that you can live and, with, and undergo vehement assignments. The stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. Now let's just run back just a second. If you do all these things, you will never be shaken. Now let's go back. For it was founded on the rock, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the house, the ruin of that house was great. See, if you just try God and you just give God a test run, and you're not building a house on the foundation and deciding this is where I'm going to live and I'm not moving, come hell or come high water, then the enemy will send vehemently attached assignments to you and your house will fall. So let's make a declaration out loud in his house today. I obey his word because I love him. I give to his kingdom because I love him. 
I do what is right regardless because I love him. See, if you build your life on the foundation and you decide, I'm going to love this God, this Savior of mine, regardless of what comes against me, regardless of what I face, regardless of what I get slapped with, I'm going to love him. I obey his word because I love him. I give to his kingdom because I love him. I do what is right regardless because I love him. Not only have to we have a firm foundation, but we have to have the right framework in our lives. Continuing in 21, verse 21 of Ephesians 2, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. I, I need to tell you, you need to be careful who you join yourself to. You need to be careful who you hang with. You know, I, I've told you before, and so has Pastor, if this is, you know, the yard work season and the gardening season, go home this afternoon and put you a white glove on and go out and dig in your yard. Pull up the weeds and get... When you, when you work with your white glove, your clean life, but you play in the dirt and you hang around with the dirt, that dirt doesn't get glovey. Your glove gets muddy. So go home and try it. You say, well, you know, I hang out in that place and I go to those places, you know, because my friends are part of the world and I want to be a witness to them. That is hogwash, baby. Be careful what you are joined to. You will pay a price for what you join your life to. I found this little nugget in Proverbs 25. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Then you find these uplifting words in Hebrews 11.3. By faith we understand that our world, this world that we know, but our personal world is framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So what is the framework of your life? I found another declaration that we can make happen today. I went to Isaiah 60 verse 18. No longer will violence be heard in your land. Your land. Nor ruin or destruction within your borders. But you have the authority to call your walls salvation and your gates praise. I don't know about you, but I need to declare over my house one more time. Let's declare right now. Violence shall no longer be heard in my house. Just stop right there. If your house is not a sanctuary, you need to stop the violence now. You need to move some demons out. Violence shall no longer be heard in my house. Devastation and destruction are finished at my house. I call the walls of my home salvation. I declare the gateway to my home is filled with praise. Anybody can put your hands together and declare that over your house. Now when you declare that, you may not, ha have, you may not need to make entrance to all those who have been in your house. 
You may have to draw some boundaries. You may have to let some phone calls go to voicemail. Voicemail is the most spiritual thing you have on your phone. Because when that person calls, and they do call, if you will let them go to voicemail, they will let you know what their agenda is. And if they don't leave you a voicemail, just about an hour later, send a text and say, I'm sorry I missed your call. Can I help you? And they'll tell you what they need. Then you can temper your response. So you got to have a foundation. you got to have framework. Then we've got to be his place to live. See, we're searching for a place to live. Everybody wants a place to live. You want a place to belong. You want community. You want fellowship. But it starts with him. So we're searching for a place to live, but the way we find that is allowing him to live in us. Continuing in Ephesians 2.22. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. I found a nugget about you in 1 John chapter 2. As for you, everybody say, that's me. The anointing, which is the special gift and the preparation which you received from him remains permanently in you. But just as his anointing teaches you, which means giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things, you must remain in him. You must remain rooted and knitted together to him. Means which you cannot... I'm going to step on your toes now. You can't just pray a little prayer and accept him as Savior and then just go out and live your little life however, however you please to live it. If you want his anointing to reside in you, you have to stay rooted in him. You have to knit your life to him. You have to be joined to him. Let's say this together right now. I have received an anointing from God. I need to activate my anointing. My anointing opens doors. My anointing will open the eyes of my understanding. If you've ever needed to know the anointing and the manifestation of the anointing on your life, it is now. In this moment in time in the body of Christ. So I want to ask you, what would you do if you really knew that you were anointed? What would you do? How would you live if you really knew that the anointing of God resided in you? How would the declarations over your life change? See, for too long, the body of Christ has lived way beneath our privilege. His word is filled with prophecies, promises, and revelation. His word speaks powerful things over your life. Yet we find the body of Christ living way beneath this level. His word says, greater works will you do. What a, what a statement. When Jesus Christ was leaving this earth, he said, greater works will you do than what I did. Have you, boo-boo, have you checked the works he did while he was here? 
He turned wedding parties into... He turned jailhouse imprisonment into a jailhouse rock and entire households were saved. He walked on the water. Everybody who came to him was healed. He raised the dead. But he had the audacity to say to us, Oh, it's okay. Because I live in you. Greater works will you do than what I did. We not walking in greater works. His body is not walking in greater works. I truly believe that some of the insanity we're going through in the earth right now is because the body of Christ has not walked where the body of Christ should have been walking. And all of a sudden we find ourselves slung up against a wall and the world is saying, who, do you, who are you? Who do you believe in? And we're in a, we're in a Simon Peter moment right now. Some are, some are crowing right now real loud. Oh, I don't know him. I don't know them church folks. COVID ran 76% of the church away. You know, it's real quiet in the news about COVID now, isn't it? It's kind of like crickets. Like, who's talking about it? And for two years, it was thrown in our face like the, the, the last curse that would ever hit us. And we were cursed for coming in this building together. And God help us if we didn't have a cloth mask on. You know, during all that stuff, I, I, you know, I, I, I sit in a parking lot in a grocery store. I literally watched a lady dig in her console for her mask. She smelled of it, and she put it back down. And she grabbed another one somewhere out of the abyss of her car, and she put it on. And I'm like, dear God, there's more germs inside that mask than what you're going to find in that stupid grocery store. And again, we've said all the way through, you, if you want to live, die, and have your being in your mask, that's fine. Nobody faults you for that. What I resisted was the media telling me where I could and could not go, how I could, I could, I could come into church, but I couldn't sing. We had to sit six feet apart. Well, y'all never, ever did that real well. You know, we tried two parking lot services, and y'all failed at that. You know, the news media was out here, the first parking lot service, and you played nice until they left. Then you bailed out your cars, hugging and kissing each other. So we endured two parking lot services, and we're going to go back in the, the nice air condition and not stay outside. Because y'all going to be ugly, we're going to take you in the building. If you're going to, you know, disobey the rules, we're going to take you in the house. So they're going to have to come in and see us, you know, not obeying. But what would we do? That one assignment in the earth ran 76% of the church away. And there are, st there are still many of those 76% that will never darken the door of a church again. Yet they grocery shop. They go to work. They've gone back to the movies. But they're not in church. Boy, that assignment was powerful, wasn't it? 
There were pastors. Some churches are still closed. But I've said to you, some churches don't ever need to open again. I don't know how you stay closed this long and you bring a people back in and preach healing and deliverance and faith. That, uh, that I, I, can't, I can't hang with you. I'm sorry. Either he is or he's not. Either he is or he's not. Either his word is true or it's not. That's just the bottom line. Either his word is true or it's not. When, you're, when your life is being slammed by those vehement storms, either his word is true or it's not. And see, if you just try God, then every little whim that comes along, because COVID is not the first assignment we will face as a body of Christ. It's just a precursor. And I'm just, I'm like, God, help the church to wake up. Because we are the ones commissioned to carry him in the earth. We are his ambassadors. We are his voice in the earth. We are his hands in the earth. We are his feet in the earth. We are his heart in the earth. So who is he in the earth? He is who we are. So what would you do if you knew you were really anointed? How would your house look if you knew you were really anointed? How would those around you that you work with view you if they knew you were really anointed? So you don't have to stand on a straight corner with a Bible as big as this podium. Now, if you carry an anointing, you really don't have to say a whole lot. See, your anointing is kind of like being a mother. When a mother walks in, you know she's there. She don't have to say a whole lot. You just know your little butt's in trouble. Because mama just walked in the room. Your anointing is a lot like that. It's authority. You know, you don't have to have a title. You just have to know in whom you have believed. You just have to know in whom you have tried and put to the test, and you no longer try him. You are rooted in him, and you are grounded in him, and you are knit together with his word, and his word lives in you. And when you open your mouth, when those waves start beating against you, then it's his word that comes against that wave. So what would you do if you were really anointed, if you knew that you really were anointed? Why are you limiting God? See, when you gave your life to Christ, you were no longer an outcast. You're no longer on the outside looking in. This is not a who's who club. When you accepted him, there was a package benefits, a package of benefits awaiting on you to access. When he died on the cross, he did not die just for the salvation of your soul. He died for the salvation of your life. Everything about you, he died so that you could live abundantly. So, the only way to live, the only way to really live is to understand that it is through him that we're able to live. 
it is through him that we are able to do what we do. It is through him that we are able to be who we are. You live and you move and you have your being in him. And see, see when, you, when you live in Acts 17, 28, you're no longer trying God. You're no longer putting him to the test. It's just you and him, baby, against the world. And it's basically just him against your world, and you just stand behind him. See, we talk a lot about, you know, the roar around here. But the truth is, the enemy is not afraid of your little voice. He's afraid of the voice within you. Go watch The Lion King this afternoon. And, and just speed forward to that part where little Simba is facing the big enemy. And he opens his mouth. And all of a sudden, daddy's behind him. A full-grown lion. And he causes that enemy to tuck his tail and run. That's what happens in our lives. Because it's in him that we live. And we move. This is where you need to live. In him. Also, you need to make the most high your shelter. If he is your shelter... No evil will ever conquer you again. And no plague will come near your house. So you have to know when that plague and that assignment vehemently starts to beat against you, you go straight to Psalm 91. You say, whoop, no, 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 back yourself up. This house is covered by Psalm 91. Then you got to do this unity thing. If you want a place to live, if you want him to live in you. Psalm 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Does it mean you have to agree with everybody around you? Sometimes you're going to have to shut your mouth. We all do. Sometimes you're going to have to scroll on through all that mess on social media. You need to be anointed to scroll. Just anoint yourself to scroll. I get amazed at the people who, they call them trolls, who comment on our ministry pages. I'm like, if you don't like it, stay off. Stay off my page if you don't like me. I didn't invite you on my page. Get out. I don't go to your page and make nasty comments. But it says, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For it is in our unity that he bestows his blessing. So where there's disunity, that's another whole message. I don't have time to go there. If you're going through a dark moment, you might not have even realized this scripture was there. But when you live in him and dark clouds gather over your life, you can go to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 12. The Lord said, I dwell in the dark cloud. I bet you didn't know that was there, did you? So well, I'm going through a dark time. Well, baby, shout because your Savior dwells in the dark cloud. Over your life. There is no cloud over your life he does not dwell in. So he dwells in the dark cloud. And I found this out about you. 
and about me. We did not choose him. Oh, we think that we accepted him as our Lord and Savior, and we did. But it's because he chose us. He chose us, so we felt that pull to come, and we think we chose him. We think that I made the decision to let him be Lord of my life. But I only did that after he pulled and he chose me. He said, you've not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And he went further. He not only chose you, but he appointed you. You weren't voted on in the kingdom of God. Nobody had to vote you in. Nobody can vote you out. So there's some positions you get voted in and you get voted out of. There's some clubs you get voted in and you get voted out of. There's some jobs you get voted in and that employer votes you out of it. He said, I appointed you and I placed you. And I love this. I purposely planted you. So that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing. That your fruit will remain and be lasting. So that whatever you ask of the Father. Whatever is a big old word. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name. <laughs> as my ambassador. As a person in whom I live and move and have my being in, he will give to you. Wow. So how do we, how do we look in a mirror and think, I'm a failure? How do we look and, and think, I can't do that? You absolutely can. Because he chose you. He appointed you. He placed you, and he per on purpose planted you. Wow. Wow. Your mother may not have wanted you. Your dad may have abandoned you a long time ago. Your siblings may think you're nothing but trash. People in your life may say, you've gone too far. You've, done, you've been addicted too long. You have, you've just not lived a life. You'll never be, make nothing out of yourself. They are liars. That is not the truth about you. The truth about you is he chose you. He appointed you. He placed you and he planted you. He took the time to plant you in the soil of his word. When you came to that altar, he said, just crawl up in here. I, I, want, to, I want to dig around in your life and I want to plant you in my word. I want you to know my promises. I want you to know my peace. I want you to know what the Holy Spirit will do when you release him in your life. I want you to know what kingdom living looks like. So he just got down with you at that altar of salvation when you came and you met him. And he said, crawl up on in my word, baby. Let me show you what's in Isaiah. Let me take you to Jeremiah. Let me take you over here to Ephesians. Let me take you to Hosea. Chapter 6, where I will plant a hedge of protection around your life. Let me take you back over here to Matthew 6, 33 and tell you that 
when you serve me first, you will lack nothing in your life. Let me take you on over here to Revelation and talk to you about my second return. Let me take you to Galatians. Let me take you back to Malachi and tell you that when you, when you give to me first, I will go to the edge of your world and I will rebuke everything trying to devour you. So when you came to that altar of salvation, it was probably an emotional moment. The first time I came, I was seven years old. I was in a, a church camp. I remember coming, my mother was at the back of a big building, and I came and placed my head on her lap, and she said, did Daddy get on to you? Because I was crying. I said, no, I just gave my heart to God, to Jesus. Now, since that seven years, I've come back and redone some things. But see, I didn't know at seven years old, but I learned later. You might have been 77 when you came. You might have been 37. You might have been 27. But you came to that altar, and probably some saints met you there. But I want you to get a picture. He met you there. He met you there. And he is the word incarnate. And he just said, let me plant you. I'm going to purposely plant you in my word. I'm going to purposely release my purpose into your life. I have called you. I don't care who's spoken about you, what they've said about you. Now it's my voice in your life. Now it is in me that you live and move and have your being. That's when, he, that's when you say, he says, let me show you. You're now a new creature, a new creation. So how do we grieve him? How do we grieve him when we walk away from that altar and we start thinking those thoughts about ourselves. I'm a failure. I'm less than. I can't do it. He just says, come back into my word. Come back to my word. Come back to the foundation. Come back and let me, let me dig some weeds out of your life. Let me prune some stuff out of your life. He does come with those pruning little things. I have them in my garage. They will cut your finger off. You don't know how to use them. I've cut inch branches with them. He just says, come back and let your life be a living sacrifice on my altar. I want you to close your eyes. Father, in this moment, in this room, you are here. We want to take a moment and recommit to you. We want to apologize for the moments that we have not believed your word. We've not practiced your word. We've doubted you. Even seasoned warriors have doubted you. God, there's been moments in my life I've stood on my back porch and, and asked, where are you? And I knew exactly where you were the whole time. So, Father, in this moment, I ask that you blanket this congregation with the revelation that you have chosen them you have appointed, you have placed, and you have planted on purpose. So, Father, in this moment, we just say to you, be the Lord of our lives. God, we recommit our lives to you. We recommit our hearts to you. 
Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive us of overlooking the reality of your word so many times. Because you truly are the miracle worker and the way maker. You truly are the God who moves mountains. You truly are the God who speaks to giants and they fall. But you have given us the authority to speak those things in your name. And we give you the honor and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Would you just stand right now, church, right where you are and just lift your hands like lightning rods to him. Let him blanket you with an anointing. Give him permission to re-baptize you, to re-anoint you, to re-commission you, to re-purpose you, to re-plant you in his word. You are his voice. God, make us aware of who you are. Give us a revelation of who you are. Give us a revelation that it is truly in you that we live and move and have our being. We sense your presence. Just open your mouth, church, and talk to him for just a moment. Thank you for the revelation, Father. Thank you for the revelation, Father. May we never live beneath our privilege one more moment. May we recognize the authority and the power that your name has in our lives. May we never wring our hands and wonder what's next because you are next. Your word is what's next in our lives. May we learn to open our mouth and speak a thing over our house. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for the anointing. Activate your anointing right now, church. The Bible says stir up the gift that is in you. It is up to you to stir up the gift. He gave you the gift, but you stir up the gift that is in you. Just place your hands on your spiritual belly right now. Just put your hands on your stomach. The Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Father, I thank you for an anointing in this house that stands on a foundation that is not moved. That is not moved and not swayed and not tossed. In Jesus' name, I just release your anointing in this room. I release your anointing. I release you, Holy Spirit. I release you. I give you permission in this room. We release you into our homes. We release you to be in our cars. We release you in our lives, Father. 
We press the oil of anointing. We press out the oil of the anointing in our lives. I bless your name. Somebody needs to just bless him right now in this room. Somebody needs to just open your open your mouth and bless him right now. Hey, I bless your name. I worship you. I bless your name. I bless your name. Nobody like you. Nobody like you, Lord Jesus. Nobody like you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We just say Jesus. Oh Jesus. There's no name like the name of Jesus. No other name. Jesus in the morning and Jesus in the noontime. It's Jesus all day long. There's just something about that name. There's healing in that name. You've delivered me in that name. You brought peace to me. You've cooled fevers in that name. You've healed my body in that name. You've touched my mind in that name. You've made a way when there was no way. You were the answer when there was no answer. You were the peace when there was nothing but chaos. It's just that name. It's just your name Jesus, Jesus Jesus, Jesus There is no other name there is no other way. Just Jesus is enough for me. For the rest of my days, it's just Jesus. 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 Just say his name, church. Jesus. 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 At that name, demons tremble. Jesus. At that name, sickness cannot stand. Jesus. At that name, gates are open. <laughs> Jesus. Hey. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
Just Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. Just Jesus that goes to work with you every day. It's just Jesus that drives your car with you every day. It's just Jesus when you pray over your babies and send them to school. All alone and hope is gone. It's just Jesus. It's His blood. It's His power. It's His anointing. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Father, we bless your my name. Help, my help. We bless your my name. Home, my comfort, Jesus. For what you have done, what you are doing, oh, and what you're about Jesus, to do. We bless your name. Oh, Jesus. We bless Jesus. your name. <laughs> oh, we bless your name. Oh, we just say, holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 are you Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, who was and is and is to come, holy, holy, holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Are you Lord God Almighty? You live and move and you have your being. You oh, live yeah, and you move. Yeah. <laughs> it's in you <laughs> that I live and move and have my being. Oh, Somebody needs to declare that right now. Oh, it is it's in, in you, you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. It is in you. You alone. That I live and move and oh, have my being and and have my in being, you. Lord. <laughs> that I face my frustrations and overcome. It is in you that I pray in Jesus' name and I get the answer. It is in you that I pray and mountains are moved. It is in you that I pray and giants fall. It is in you that I pray and the walls come falling down. It is in you. It is in you. Somebody needs to understand. He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. My God. Get that revelation. See, when it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and there ain't nobody to call, you just say Jesus, 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 and he walks up in that bedroom. See, he don't have to walk in because he is in you in that bed. You don't have to pray him down. When you realize he's in you, all you got to do is say Jesus. Jesus, you just lay your hand on your spiritual belly and you just turn that river loose.
Turn that healing loose. Turn that anointing loose. Turn that a Prophesy over your own self. <laughs> See, that's what he's doing. Because what he's turning loose in the earth right now, there's not enough preachers around. That's why he said, I have called you and anointed you to set the captives free, to speak life, and to declare the favor of the Lord.